0: Hey guys and welcome to Fatherhood. You are listening to the Dads Group Podcast, a place where you and I get to connect with incredible leaders, shape the future of fatherhood together, and dig deeper into what is happening inside the minds and hearts of new and expecting fathers. This episode is part B of our interview with one of our Dads Group legends, Nick. If you haven't heard part A yet, please go check that out first as you really won't want to miss it. It was fantastic. Before we start, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands we all meet on today. I would like to pay respect to elders, past, present, and emerging, and any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people we have listening to this episode today. Hope you guys enjoy. So
1: last week we spoke about Tinder. Tinder was the place where mm-hmm. you and uh, mm-hmm. and and the lovely Danny met. And three months later, you have a baby. Well, sorry, you didn't have a baby three months later. She wasn't pregnant already. Three <laughs> months later. Danny becomes pregnant to you congratulations wow what a freak out uh fast forward a few years you've got two kids now two two of beautiful girls um uh Thea and Eloise not in that particular order and uh my understanding is you are now you're,
2: you're running your own business is that correct is it your own thing or is it something um. you partnered up with someone I've part I've partnered up. Um, so we started a recruitment company um, at the back of twenty twenty, basically December two thousand and twenty. Um, what led to that? Um, I, I I was in construction for five years. Uh, well, I, I was always in construction since I finished school. To be to be fair, but I was in commercial construction for five years leading up to uh, my decision to get out of it. Um, yep. And I guess the, the big thing around that was just the, um, you know, I was supervising on some pretty big tier one and tier two sites around Brisbane and Gold Coast. Um, And for me, I think it really came down to like that work-life balance, you know, I just, there was so many times that I was pulled away from um, being with my girls and being with my family. Um, And although I was able to provide, you know, um, a good income and that sort of thing, um, it really came down to, you know, that doesn't really replace the years and the time that I'm missing out on right now um, at this critical time when the kids are growing up and they're getting to know, you know, getting to know me, getting to know mum. Um, and that sort of thing. So it was really important for me to sort of step back and have a look at that holistically, and go, you know, is it really that important that I'm, you know, on a supervisory wage, or do I want to step back and start something where I can sort of, I can sort of make a bit more of the decisions as to where I am and what time I'm there, and and you know, yep. if something's on that I really want to be there for, I can do that, you know. Um, so that was really the grounds on which. Um, The decision for me to step out of construction came and uh, and to be honest, I wasn't really sure where I was going, you know, at at the beginning, it was like, um, I need to get out of a supervisory position so I went back on ABN and did my own thing for a few months while I sort of collected my thoughts and worked out what's the next step for me. and, and there was a number of things that, you know, sort of came up that I was like, you know, I do, I am interested in this and I'm interested in that. And and um, something came up that I, I just, um, I thought it was really quite cool, the opportunity. Um, that It was a, the, the couple that owned the recruitment company that I originally started working with. Um, they basically had like a seek ad, but it was really, um, it was really like, um, I guess, more personable. He was talking about, you know, how he built the business and and um, how it's really about people first. Um, and that, and that, you know, not like the traditional recruitment or labour hire model, where it's just like get guys out left, right, and centre, yeah. and hope something sticks to the wall. You know, it yeah. was really about like mm-hmm. sitting down with people for like a good solid hour and talking to them and finding out what it is that they want to do and where they want to be with their with their career. You know, is this something that they want to continue to do, or are they looking to learn something new or to move into a new pathway you know and then and then looking at our client base and going okay well we we know someone that we might be able to put you in in contact with and see what we can come up with so that spoke to me straight away so i said you know what i'm going to put i'm going to put an application in and see what happens um i I literally rang up as well because there was a phone number and i said hey um it was kelly the, the lady um the wife i should say Um, spoke to her directly and just said where I was at and what I was up to. And um, anyway, got in for an interview. Um, It was a family interview. So they wanted to meet Danny and the kids, which I thought, wow, that's really cool. Um, So, so, um, so just that, that initial, the very first interactions that I had with them, I was like, yeah, this is something that, you know, I'm quite interested in. Um, It turns out that they were both graduates of the landmark forum as well, which I've done. So I kind of had like this already connection with them in that sense Um, with with my self-development and 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 professional development that i'd done um so it was cool and basically i just started you know i'd I'd given a couple of weeks notice to the guys that i was contracting to that i was finishing up um and i and i and i jumped in sort of head first into um into recruitment as a recruitment manager for that company um wow that's amazing mate
1: that is amazing Uh, so Right now I'm looking at a bit of a fork in the road because there's a couple of things that I'd really think is is amazing to touch on. I think we'll we'll start with one and then we'll maybe go to the other one as well, but you know, you might say something that derails this conversation too, but whatever, we'll go with it. Mate, um was Danny work like so I'm assuming I think around that time Danny was back at work, correct? Um let me think. Yes, she was. Yep. So there was some form of income coming in or quite a significant form of income coming in, but, you know, uh, one at the time. And whilst you were trying to gather your thoughts and gather yourself, I'm assuming what what, what was, sorry, I won't assume, what was it like during that time when, you know, because I know a lot of people, especially during 2020, were having a huge sort of, am I where I want to be Mm. or uh, I've just been um, let go at work. So like loads of people lost their job and would have been an incredibly uh, tough space. So what was it like during that time when you knew that you, so yeah, you knew you weren't where you wanted to be. You've made a decision knowing full well that it's going to be challenging when you've got um, a a fair help, you know, help feed a family and whatever. Mm. Mm. What was it like during
2: those few months between Um, when you finished job to starting this new one? Great question, great question. Um, I knew that there was gonna be um, a a financial sacrifice in the beginning um, to get to where I wanted to be within the the recruitment um, industry. Um, and, 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 you know, it was black and white. We, we were quite aware of that going into it. Um, but, but it's, it's also a, a funny sort of two way street too, because I think um, from COVID, from, from that whole experience of, you know, I started that job the week that the first lockdown in brisbane occurred so the recruitment industry completely stopped yeah <laughs> i remember like, that i remember yeah you were it telling was like yep. phoning people up cold calling saying hey can we help you with your recruitment and they're like have you flicked on the news <laughs> you know
0: getting that that's kind what of i'm feedback, still trying
2: you know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah yeah exactly right so you know not only was it you know we made a decision to 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 go with um you know taking a bit of a step back to move forward it was also possibly at the worst possible time in recruitment um you know in that industry um like in recent history at least so um so very interesting times um to be to be jumping into that field um however my mindset were kind of it also kind of um, helped my money mindset so i looked at you know what are we spending that we don't need to be spending um, so we kind of really shifted all of our expenses and, and funnily enough, um, you know, I, I, um, in the year 2020, Danny and I got debt free, which is kind of weird because I, my income dropped significantly in moving from like, you know, tier one supervisory construction to, you know, basically commission based, um, based salary with a commission on top type thing income. Wow. Um, so, and there was no commission obviously. <laughs> No, I'm getting no. people out. Yeah. Um, so so it was, it was pretty, um, I guess, rough in the sense of what I was earning, but, um, but just looking at what expenses we had that we didn't need, you know, um, selling, selling a vehicle that, you know, we loved, but at the same time, it wasn't a necessity to have um, that, that extra expense. Um, so just completely cleared out our debt, which was fast, fantastic. And I was kind of mind blown as to, what we could achieve with what we had yeah. um, which kind of really has like transformed the way that I think about money now to moving forward, which is fantastic because as my, you know, as our, as our client base and, 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 and the build, business builds um, and we are earning more money, we can still have that money mindset, um, you know, where we're looking after every dollar kind of thing and going, you know, do we really need to have that, um, that kind yeah. of thing. like For instance, like people, people don't think about it, but a lot of those things that are like automatic direct debits every month that you just go, Oh, I just, you know, you don't even realize they're coming out. Um, I, I went through my whole bank statement, um, and I realised I was paying insurance on the vehicle that I'd sold for like three months after I'd sold oh, it. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, but it's funny you say that. Katie
1: and I were just talking this morning about, you know, cutting things like Stan and and, and Netflix, you know. I've, there's shows on there that I'm still watching that I really want to keep watching, you know. But we're also looking at it going, that's like, you know, we're currently spending you know over a thousand dollars a year on just a two or three apps. You know, it's like, yeah, we need to ch- we need to stop that. You know, mm. and, and kind of go back to basics a little bit, mate. Um, I can understand how, yeah, that that would have been an incredibly challenging time. Um, my next thing I wanted to go to there though is when um, Eloise was born, and and as you were becoming a, a new father, um and even as time goes on did you notice your perspective on what life is about changed did it did, and well did it change for you and and, and how
2: yeah it definitely did you know um, like i said um with the with the very beginning of like how danny and i didn't really know each other all that well because we'd only been together for three months and that whole um that whole you know leading up to eloise being born was kind of us getting to know each other still you know that initial 12 month period um and then when eloise was born um like i was talking about last week in in part a was you know i noticed that there was a lot of differences in our values you know in danny's values to mine um and and there was some some conflict of interest there obviously because you know my background was quite different to hers um and so and so that was that was um you know it was it was a pos- an opportunity for me to either go this isn't working you know because you don't see eye to eye with me or but i took it on as like something's not right here You know something's not working um and i need to have a look at why i'm reacting the way that i am to the things that she believes in her own way her reality that this is the way it should be and i'm like well hang on my reality is not at all what your reality is it's something's not lining up here so maybe i need to look at my you know at my beliefs and and my values um a little bit more closely which is what led me into doing self-development um towards eloise being about one and a half year old um and, and to this day, you know, we kind of say that if I hadn't have done that, that there's a very good possibility that we wouldn't still be together today, you know. Um, and, and Danny went and did the exact same course that I did as well. So um, it was quite interesting how that how, you know, um, learning about like my own values and where they come from and are they actually really mine and that kind of thing really did help us build like a strong unit um within our family for for our girls to grow up in and and from there my relationship with Eloise changed my relationship with Danielle changed obviously as well um so that was very powerful it's interesting mate and and what I
1: love what you talked before as well though about um well first of all that's amazing in terms of just you know exploring and looking at your, your your inner self and going okay um this is me but Maybe I need, you know, if I want to look at trying to make this work, maybe I need to make some shifts. You know, it's not necessarily changing your entire self, but kind of, you know, just to fit somebody else's mold. But just sort of looking at um, at least taking an op- making an opportunity to explore it. Um, but the other thing that I found really interesting of what you were talking about uh, is that, you know, you you've taken a leap whilst Earning an income, with it and stopping earning an income based on going. I'm not spending the quality time with my family that what I would like to spend, um, or when I am with them, I'm not really with them and I'm not really present mm-hmm. because I'm currently caught up. You know, my brain's caught up with other things. So you've made a decision purely based on lifestyle, right? Yeah. And, and inc- which lifestyle obviously clearly includes um, how you spend your time with your family. So your perspective on do I want to just focus on making lots of money or whatever it might have been and, and, and trying to just build build a successful career or do I want to shift it and, and, and have more quality time? You know, and that's what I was talking about before is, you know, when we're younger, we think, you know, white picket fence, we think, you know... Um, Lots of money in our bank account, or you know, a great car, or whatever, whatever equals success. But what's your? It sounds like your perspective of what equals success has changed. What what's what's success to you now?
2: Oh, absolutely, it has. It has definitely changed, and a lot of my core values were based on that. You know, um, being the father, you, you're the breadwinner. You know. Um, and that was one of the big, the big shifts that kind of I, I came across and, and that happens, you know, um, almost for me, it was almost um, authentic to myself because I really wanted to spend time with my kids, you know, I really wanted to be that dad that they came to, you know, and I, and I didn't want to be that guy that was just kind of like. Um, you know, I put the food on the table, you know, because that's I mean, that's not who I am. That's just not what I wanted, the kind of relationship that I wanted to have with my kids um in the long term, you know. Um, and I knew that the like the beginning was the most important part for them, you know, to build that relationship. So um for me it was kind of like, well, this is what I want. So there wasn't really there wasn't really any other it, there wasn't really any other conflict of interest there for me. It was yeah. like this is what this is what needs to happen. So um, and obviously, you know, in that being there more for the kids is also being there more for Danny. So there was no conflict for her either. It was like, look, we can make this work, you know, we'll sit down, we'll nut it out, we'll go through the budget, we'll work out what we don't need. Um, and so it was a very like it was a unanimous decision between the two of us that this was what we were going to do moving forward. Um, and, and I mean, and, and we're, we're both obviously very pleased um, in that in that decision
1: it's amazing again there's so many little key things that you keep talking about and what spoke to me then was you know working together as a team and and working things out which you also spoke before about you know your perspective and um I think it's just incredible that that you've taken that step what I find I think you're like at least the fourth or fifth dad in the least in the last week or two that is specifically mentioned that they want to be the the person that their child comes to not just mum is that they see themselves they they're, they're doing things that builds a stronger bond and connection that leads to them coming to you when they're upset not and obviously mum as well it's not about I want them to only come to me it's about most often you know a, a child will go to mum you know but but that's not necessarily always the case. If you put in the time and the effort to build that bond and relationship, and it doesn't mean that, that you do that, that it does always work out that they will come to you no matter, you know, as well. We know that t- kids just tend to gravitate to one or the other, but it's, it's doing things to try to, it's the willingness to want your child to come to you and seeing yourself as that caregiver, that, that, that nurturer, that the one that will get, wrap your arms around your daughter or son to 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 well obviously daughters for you but i'm speaking to dads to be the one that their child comes to them when they're feeling discomfort you know and mm-hmm. so um why? why why do you when did you did you see yourself as that to start with when you
2: became a dad or did it take time for you to grow into that? I think my family values are very deep. You know, I've always had strong family values coming from um, a European family, but I think also a big part of it for me was like, how can I be the best version of dad that I can be, you know? Um, and so part of it's selfish, right? Part of it's like, you know, I want to have my kids come to me. I want to, I want to be close to them. You know, I want them to come to me when they're older and they've got something going on that's, you know, a bit more serious and they feel comfortable that they can come and chat to me about that sort of stuff, um, where, whereby I didn't really have that with my dad um although you know absolutely fantastic human being I love him to bits and everything like that but I never had that kind of where I was like able to say you know me and my girlfriend are splitting up you know all there's stuff going on that I want to talk about it just wasn't there so part of it for me was be, having that sort of relationship with my girls that they could come to me and talk to me about anything you know without it being weird or, or whatever or feeling uncomfortable or I can't talk to dad um so that was a big part of it for me um which is part, like maybe a little bit of it is selfish but the other the other side of it too is like you know um from from the very day that they're born they're looking at you like a role model like everything that you're doing and and I know this because you know my mum and dad so um so, you know, what can I do that's going to show them not just because I say it, but because I'm actually living it, you know, that I'm actually doing it. So it's actually quite funny. I got this really cool story around around a particular situation that Eloise came up to me and, you know, I was telling you, him, sure. you got to get ready for school. And she's like, I don't want to go to school. And I said, well, you have to go to school. And she says, but dad, you do whatever you want. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you didn't want to be in construction anymore or you didn't want to be building anymore. So then you got a new job and you just did it. And I was like, yeah, but that was after I finished school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Take that, oh, She got
2: you right between the eyes, mate. So it was really cool. And it was like this little moment where I was kind of like really proud of myself, but I was proud that she actually picked up on that. you know. And it's so many things that you don't even realise that they, they notice. And we know that, like, you know. Um, all being dads, um, but there's so many little things that they pick up on that you don't even think that they're listening or they're wow. knowing and all of this and they, and, but they're there, you know, and they look at you all the time and they look and they, and they idolize you. And so, you know, that's if you can amazing. make decisions um, that show them like from a leadership point of view, this is what you can do. Um, then that's really huge, you know, so building those um, I guess, building those values, those core values and those morals of that, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, you just need yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's like amazing. Always talking about it, you know, because it's easy to say you need to do this and you need to do that. Um, but like for me, it's like um, showing them as a leader in the family, you know. Yeah. Um, mm, mm. It's it's funny you say that. So William, uh, not last night, the night before,
1: just uh, came out with to me. Um, no, actually, yeah, it was last night. Uh, um, I was about to go just walk into his room, you know, as he's just had his bath. So I was about to walk into his room and do the whole get, get dressed type thing. And um, as I was literally about to walk in, and he goes, No, no, no dad, you, you have to ask before you enter my room. He's four. I'm like, At first, I'm like, What? I'm, I'm the adult. You can't ask in my mind. And I yeah. almost started to react like, You're not a teenager yet. How is this already happening? (laughs) And Katie's like, and she, you know, again, um, which was great. She's, you know, no, listen to him. And I, oh yeah, hang on. And and I'm like, okay, yeah, mate. Um, so you would like me to ask for to permission to come into your room? He's like, yes, I would. I'm like, and I had to listen to that, and actually acknowledge it and say thank. You know, I thanked him for telling me, and 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 um but we all i also said so does this mean that you're going to ask to come into our room from now on you know (laughs) we're just going to come running in and jump on our bed because i'd like to see that but i I think it's amazing what you're saying and and i I agree and I, i often find myself you know having to pull myself up as well on you know making sure that if he shares to me that I made him upset about something or I made him feel discomfort about something or he feels a certain way, even if I feel like, um, you know, it's not quite there, you know, to acknowledge that he's told me, you know, Mm -hmm. I think if we want our kids to come to us about things, um, the, the worst thing we can, or the thing that one of the worst things we can do anyway is to shut it down. Cause you know, over a period of time, as we know, Eventually, they're just going to shut down and not come to us about anything, you know, no matter what it is. And so, mate, that's that's an amazing thing to share. And so, um, how how, how are the kids now?
2: I know that Eloise is in school. Is there in school as well? Um, Thea's in kindy but she starts prep next year which is crazy like it's totally crazy because she's still my little baby you know like um, <laughs> but it's kind of weird to think that she's going to be starting prep next year but I mean I had the same experience with Eloise where it was like really are we starting school already like what's going on? Have you done um, the school tour yet for Thea? Yeah we did yeah she's pretty excited and and I mean Eloise, um, Eloise is at the same school obviously so um, it's quite exciting for her to, you know, to be showing her little sister around and showing her like all the places, all the playgrounds, and and where they so have and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's it's really good to to um, to be a part of. But yeah, it is kind of weird that they're they're at that age already. You know that they fear is about to start school next year. Um, it goes yeah. real quick. Goes real quick. Hundred percent. William starts next
1: year. I did a I did a school tour last week, um, just with my mum and I. She was in town at the time, and and honestly, I it got to a point where it all really sunk in, and I have to say, I got a little, uh, felt a little water in the eyes. I just like yeah. there was, I, we were in the library, and a bunch of kids that would be his age came in and just came and sat down in front of the teacher without any real instruction. And I kind of looked around. I'm like, and I could picture him. And I was like, wow, that's—he's going to be in that uniform. That's going to be him next year. And I sort of started to mm. well up a little bit. Mum's looking at me like, "You're right." I'm like, "I'm fine," <laughs> you know. <Yeah>. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you're right. It's going so fast. And then this morning, dropping both of them—you know—Williams to Kinder and dropped Marnie to daycare. And and Williams asking me, "You know, is Marnie going to school soon?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, you know." Probably in about five or six years, mate. Yeah, but I realised he's going to be still in school at the same school, um, you know, together. And I thought, wow, this is really moving fast. And so, mm. um, mate, ha- how do you, how are you going balancing it all? You know, works, drop offs, all of those. We've got nuances a, we've got a, of
2: fatherhood. I guess, like most people, we've got a bit of a system down pat now with the with the morning routine. You know um it it works out quite well now I guess with my start times um that I'm able to help out in the morning you know and be around for that sort of thing so that's quite cool you know and and the girls are always like dad we want you to drop you drop us off you know so um so the morning routine is that essentially because Danny works three days a week we actually carpool because I drop drive past her work to get to my work um or to get to our office and so um yeah so in the morning it's like all four of us in the car so bags in hats in drink bottles in you know all that all the rest of it um you know Eloise has has um PCYC in the morning which is the before school care at the school um and then Thea obviously goes to daycare so you know um we don't have to rush around to try and get breakfast sorted in the morning they have breakfast there which is great um so it's only you know sorting ourselves out as such and sorting their bags and their lunch boxes and drink bottles and all that kind of jazz out so that's kind of how that works you know we get in and we we do the drop off um in the morning and then drop danny off on my way to my office and then on the way back i pick her up and then we go and pick up the girls that's monday tuesday wednesday and sometimes friday or thursday if she picks up extra chefs and things like that um and then on those off days she usually does the pick up and drop off if um Uh, You know, Thursday, Friday, she'll usually do those if I'm working and she's not sort of thing. So, yeah, get a bit of a routine going. So, it's pretty full on. (laughs) Like a well-oiled machine, mate. Yeah, yeah yeah it is um, and then and then it's you know it does get hectic because you've got your after school curriculum and then Danny's got you know her sports activities that she does and I've got mine that I do and and um, and you know extra curriculum things that you get up to. Um, you know I started meditation every Thursday night for like a year and a half now. And uh, Eloise comes with me and she absolutely loves it, you know, like she gets upset if I say, you know what, this is dad's night tonight, you know, Um, and she's like, oh, you know, can I, can I come next week? I said, yeah, that's cool, you know, because every now and then it's got to be for me, right? It was originally always for me. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So um, There, There will be no takeover in this house.
1: No, that's right. right.
2: (laughs) But um, but no, it's cool. So, and we make it work, you know, like with regards to the the T-ball and the softball, like then he plays softball and the girls both play T-ball. So that's Sunday, like a write-off, you know. Um, So, so I'll go down, you know, and and just support the girls and stuff like that, you know, help them along when they, you know, oh, which base am I running to, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty fun. Um, It becomes a bit of a family outing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Brilliant, mate.
1: Blair's got a, a question you've been burning to ask, you mate. Yeah,
3: man. No, it's good. Dude. I think something that I love about your story, Nick, is like how intentional you guys are, man. Like I think mean, that's really encouraging and challenging. Like you mm. know, you're taking meditation. You realise like you need that time. Like you, you're identifying your needs and you're working on. But you also something that stood out to me a little while ago is when you're talking about you know, if you didn't do this self-development course you were talking about, you know, you might not be in the same place. And I think that takes guts, that takes courage and that takes humility, dude, to actually be able to admit that you need to do something. But mm. then I think it, it, you took it another step that a lot of guys do not do, that you recognize something and then you did something about it. And that's why I wanted to sort of go back to that self-development course you were talking about. Like, what is that? Like, is that through a uni or a TAFE or whatever else it was? Um, but also, like, what was it out of that experience of that whole course, you and Danny doing it as well, obviously, it wasn't just a you thing, that um, had a big impact on you as a person or um, the way that you approach fatherhood? Yeah. Um nice um great question big question
2: um, Lee, man answer yeah, it perfectly. No, that, that, that's a great question um look I, I don't know if i get shout outs for mentioning the name of the company that i did it through but <laughs> yeah.
3: oh,
2: unapologetically mate just do it just yeah do it no work, worries man. yeah so I, I did i did what's called the landmark forum um so that was the program that i did um my brother-in-law had done it and he basically he could see that you know um danny and i were coming up against stuff um, you know, and I and I, from from me sharing with him as well, you know that you know this is coming up and this kind of thing, um, and he said to me, "Man, I, I know I know what you're going through," and he he's just such a good listener. You know, he really can just like take in what you're saying, and for some reason, I always just felt like I had this real good connection with him, um, and he was able to just speak, you know, without overthinking it, but just everything that he said kind of um, made sense to me um and he shared with me and he said look I've done this program like 8 years ago and it really helped me and 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 you know your sister-in-law um Danny's sister really helped me to be where I am today with our relationship and I was just like man tell me more like I just give us a crack at this thing so so, um, you know, it wasn't a big sell or anything like that. He just said, you know, have a have a listen to this and see what you think about it. So I, I went along to one of the information evenings, you know, that they do um, a community event where they just talk about the program and some of the things that you'll experience and, and and you know, some of the things that people don't see, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know, that kind of thing. So a lot of that. And um and I went along and instantly I was like yeah I need I need to do this because there's so like there were so many things that were put in front of me that I was like I know I do that for a fact and I don't know why um, and and I know that I react like this and then later on I feel like an asshole because I got angry at her you know yeah. or at somebody or at a situation or whatever. Um, and I was like, you know, I want to be in control of my own, you know, my own emotions. Like if I react like that and I don't even feel like I've got control. And then later I'm like, oh man, I need to go back and make amends with that person. Um, then something's not right there, you know? So I wanted to learn a little bit more about like what what has me act the way that I do. And basically I went along and did this course and I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea. Um, and, you know, the first night I kind of went home and I just like unloaded on Danny, but like in a, like, I understand <laughs> kind of way. Yeah. And, you know, it was teary for both of us. And, and, um, and then, you know, Saturday, you know, so it's three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, full day like 10 hour days and then the tuesday evening where you can bring like guests and people to come along to experience what you've experienced over the weekend to get a little taster to see if they want to do it um and yeah so anyway saturday night came home same thing you know more stuff unpacked new things that i was like holy shit have i been like this with you i'm so sorry this like i didn't even realize this was going on Um, and then other things, you know, that I was able to have a conversation with her about things that I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not okay with this, but I haven't said anything. It's just been like churning in the background um, and I'm getting frustrated with you, but I haven't even expressed it. So how do you even know, you know? Um, so rather than wait until the last minute and going, bang, this is everything that's going on, you know, just being able to have those authentic conversations with her straight away as soon as something comes up and her having them back at me has been like life changing for both of us. But so anyway, my brother-in-law has been sharing this program with Danny for like eight years as well. And she was like, nah, not interested. Nah, not interested. I did the course and she came along on the Tuesday night, like regrettably, she was like, I don't want to come. And I'm like, but no one else is coming and I need to have a guest there. So, <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. Make book, like, don't make me that guy. do maybe that guy with no like, friends. Please. So I dragged her out. I dragged her out. I said, come on, we'll make this work. So she she came, you know, in support of me, which was fantastic, you know, with no, no expectations. And she signed up and was like, Yep, I'm doing it too from that evening. So um I think she registered and then she did it like whatever it was, a month or two later, whenever the next course was held. Um and she and she's just gotten so much out of it as well. She probably not as forward spoken about the course as I am um but but it's like it's changed the way that we talk to each other and and the way that we deal with like situations and even when like it's not like we don't have arguments um but they're just like straight away dealt with now rather than like leave them leave them leave them and then there's like four or five arguments that are sort of you know haven't been addressed And then you get that hour where you're like, oh, now I can address everything. Boom. And it's like, holy shit, this is overwhelming. So um, it's just given us that ability to process things better and, and, um, and have those conversations that aren't necessarily easy conversations to have. Um, And I mean, like even still now, I'm still learning and still practicing um, having those conversations that are sometimes difficult to have um, and having them with people that haven't done the program as well. It can be like another challenge, you know, Um, but it's just about, you know, just saying things as they are and and having those conversations early in the piece when something comes up rather than waiting till it's like this huge ordeal, I guess. Yeah. Um,
1: I know what you mean, mate. Because I did a, a, as you know, um, and many people don't know, I did the life coaching course um, as well, and and uh, and uh, became a, um, a, a, yeah, got my diploma in life coaching quite a few years ago. And I remember that, yeah, I came. You'd come home, and you kind of feel like you're on two different planets to begin with, and then, yeah you know, and you, because your perspective on things are just completely open, you know, wide-eyed. Um, but I know as well how much of an impact it had, even though Katie actually didn't do the course, but like she picked up on things that I learned. Um, and over the years, she's, yeah, we're, we're definitely in terms of the having an argument type thing or having a, a discussion or whatever it might be, um, Yeah, it's pretty quickly squashed. Not in a way of we're going to bury this and put it under the carpet, but more uh, we just seem to manage those those things a lot easier um, or a lot quicker. But uh, mate, thank you so much. We're we're going to start to wrap up this amazing conversation. But um, and and you know, I'd be one thing I really want to know before we do finish up for. You know, say you're at the coffee shop, you know, cafe or whatever, and uh, you you and you find there's an expecting father standing right next to you. For some reason, you know it. Maybe he's got splashed across his head that he's going to be a dad soon. Um, what's, you know, what's one thing that you'd think would be really great for him to know as you, you know, his, his uh, wife's in the hospital? She's in the hospital. He's ducking out for a cap, a quick coffee. Uh, about to have their first baby. What's the bit of advice you give him, or one tip you give him?
2: Well, the very first tip I'd tell him is make sure you don't go back with just one coffee, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. <too. laughs> that's great. <man. laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, make sure there's two coffees on the order for sure. Um, great. There's a lot in there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um oh god that's a great one you know what it's funny because I was thinking about um what I would say to somebody who's just expecting and and um like what's one really great tip that I could give um I think probably the one that I'll go with is that like for me I've learned as much from my kids as they've learned from me um and so I think if you go into becoming a dad with that that thought process that, you know, it's not just about me empowering my wisdom on, but also just learning from, from my child. I think that just puts you in a really good position. I think, Um, you know, because you can, you you learn to listen to your child. Um, You learn to sort of pick up on the little signs, even when they're like a baby, you know, Um, a lot of people get frustrated because they're always crying and they don't know how to like, what do I do? You know, I've tried the bottle, I've changed the nappy, I've given them a bath. Um, You know, it's just, just having that sort of intuition to sort of go you know just try and be where that baby is um yep. Yep. so i think that's probably the probably the one that i'd go with is just like yeah you you literally have to just learn like just all over again but from the baby you know yeah um it's pretty awesome i love that and it, it actually
1: reminds me of a, of a bit of a quote that um a, a one of the a, a retired afl player last week um, Jordan Ruffhead said, um, uh, said when he was talking to his team and say, letting them know that he's retiring, he shared um, one of the things he shared of what he's learned from um, from football or what he's, learned, what he's, what he's um, gained from football. The thing that he shared was that, the thing that really stuck with me and I'm a footy coach as well and I shared with my team because I think it's an incredible thing is that he said, football gave him the ability to contribute to something beyond himself and his own life. Mm. And I just, you know, that, what you just spoke about then um, spoke to me with that as well. And I think kind of is down the same line. I think fatherhood gives you the, you know, can give you the ability to contribute to something beyond yourself. Mm. Um, So yeah, mate. I love it. Thank you so much for for have, coming on to our our podcast and 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 having this amazing conversation with us. And um, you know, mate, uh, uh, I can't wait to catch up with you again. And 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 um, you know, and uh, and we wish you and your family really, you know, all the very best. And um, yeah, I just can't tell you how much we
2: appreciate you coming on. No, nah, awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate I appreciate the opportunity to be able to have a chat, you know, and 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 talk to, to you about, you know, my experience and hopefully that some of the other dads that are listening can really relate to or, you know, can get something out of it, hopefully, um, you know, even if it's the, like one little tiny thing, you know, that they go shit, you know, let me have a crack at this um and, and obviously you know i'm, I'm on uh, you know if they want to connect with me too i'm more than happy for for my name to be on on the thing as well i'm happy for them to reach out to me on facebook and have a chat um you know my my uh, my door's always open so well if you listen to part a
1: and you've had a tinder relationship or you've had any kind of relationship that's you've had a you've become pregnant super fast and when i say super fast more than the usual average person uh yeah Nick's your man to reach out
0: to to see how
1: we made it work. Mate, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. No
2: worries. Thanks, guys.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And Nick, thank you so much for coming on and sharing, mate. That was great. If you would like to find out more about Dads Group, join our Digital Dads Group session, which is where these podcast episodes are recorded, or connect with some of our amazing partners. Please check out our website at www.dadsgroup.org, which we will also add into our podcast notes for you guys. Please remember to like, subscribe and review and please share with any dads and families that may benefit from hearing this podcast. Cheers, guys.